0: Welcome to Christian Medical and Dental Association's Chapel. We trust this message will encourage your walk with the Lord. Let me do this. Let me, uh, let me ask you some questions. I, I, like, uh, I like odd questions. I, 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 for example, did you know that in 1830 ketchup was sold for the first time and it was sold as medicine? Did you know that? So that's a true story. Leonardo da Vinci, did you know he was a dyslexic? And sometimes he would write backwards, actually. It's true, true story. Did you know, did you further know that every president of the United States that has had a beard was a Republican? See, so now you'll use this after the while you say, I'm glad i went to chapel this morning. Are right, you ready for this? Tips. Now, I'm not talking about the tip of something, but the thing that you do at restaurants and service places. Tips is actually an acronym and it means. I me, me, I wrote it down so I wouldn't get get it wrong. It meant uh, uh, to ensure prompt service. So it doesn't always work. I found that out, by the way. So what, if it ensures, how, why do you do it at the end instead of the? But, uh, and did you know, Did you further know that bats always bats b a t s always turn left when they exit a cave? See. You would not have gotten that anywhere else this morning, but you got it here. And did you further know that the Bible is the most shoplifted book in all the world? True story. Let me tell you, I don't know if I would have believed that when I first read it, but several years ago, Pam and I went to the Southern Baptist Convention convention, uh, and I forget where it was at, Now maybe St. Louis or someplace other like that. Uh, and they have the, the vendors, you know, the exhibit hall and stuff, you know. Uh, and so I'm kind of nosy, and I, I, I wondered how it went. And so I asked the guy that was checking, I said, I said, do y'all have much problem with people shoplifting here? He said, yeah, we do. He says, as a matter of fact, it's not uncommon for them to, to steal a Bible. And the convention at that time was primarily pastors, worship leaders, teachers, and ministers of this, that, and the other. I mean, Who in the world, who in the world in ministry would steal a Bible for crying out loud? And you open it up at random, guess what it said? Thou shalt not steal, you know? And Judas wouldn't hang himself, all right? Did you also know that God is always at work around you? He's always at work. You may not realize, you may not notice. You may think he's not, but God is always at work around you and he wants you to join him in his work. Let me tell you what I did for years. Uh, I, would, uh, I would come up with this great idea as a pastor. I, we, we ought to do this. And so we do it. And sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't. And I don't know where I heard it or where I discovered it. But what happened was I was coming up with the ideas and then asking God to bless those ideas. But God doesn't work that way. What we want to do is find out where is God at work? What's he doing? Can I join in that? Is there something I add to that? And then he automatically blesses it. But he wants us to do that. And he wants us to seek him. And now that's the title of the message Just one. You ready? What do you do when you don't know what to do? What do you do when you don't know what to do? Let's pray. Uh, Father, I love you and I thank you so much for this, this unearned favor of being speak, able to speak here this morning. I thank you, Lord, that you are uh, the living God. Uh, that this is, We have an appointment with you. You know every one of us who's here. You know what we need. Would you suit a message to each of our hearts? And allow us to draw near to you uh to uh, to learn more about you and uh to to uh, love you more and serve you better in Jesus name, and all God's young and said, amen. all right, now this is the way I work okay if i if i can if I see that you get it, I can move up to my next point. I tend to kind of see I, oh they've got an a extra so what you need to do is you need to say amen, amen. that's good all right are you know you just shake your head uh and uh I I did one one time at a church like that, and and she said, well, how about that? I said, that'll work. (laughs) So just you let me know you've got it. We can move to the next point, okay? All right, so how many of you are familiar or somewhat familiar with the story of Jehoshaphat at the Second Chronicles? Most of you know that? Okay, good, Mike. All right, right, what I want to do, I want to read you the story real quick uh, because it's going to help you to know what do you do? When you don't, If you're waiting on God, if you're seeking after God to know, God, I want to I be about what you want me to do, or I've got this decision to make, what do I do in the meantime until you come through? I met with a guy yesterday, and he went to a marriage enrichment seminar in Orlando not too long ago. His marriage is in trouble. Uh, he said, I went, and uh, he said, I really was looking for some kind of sign, some kind of word from God of how we could fix our marriage. Uh, he wanted to fix this, his wife, not so much. He went down there, and instead of just, this is what you do. This is how it works. His wife almost basically, she, every time he turned around, she was going out to answer the cell phone or something like that. And, and, and so instead of a positive, it was somewhat of a negative. And he said, I wanted to hear from God, and I, and I didn't. And I said, well, maybe you did. You know, and sometimes God doesn't answer the way we think. But the issue is not what do I want or how do I feel or what, what do I think. God, what are you up to? And so we're going to look at that. And this is a great This is a great passage of scripture. It's 2 Chronicles chapter 20, begins in verse 1. Now it came about after this that the sons of Moab and the sons of Ammon, together with some of the Midianites, came to make war against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and reported to Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, out of Aram, and behold, there in Hazazon Tamar, that's in Gedi. Jehoshaphat was afraid. That's verse 3. Jehoshaphat was afraid and look what he did next. And he turned his attention to seek the Lord. He was afraid, he didn't know what to do. He was being attacked from all sides. He didn't have anywhere to turn and he didn't panic and he didn't take up arms and try to defeat the enemy himself. Said, And he turned and sought after God. And he proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. Now, that's when you know Christians are serious, you know. When they fast about something, it's got to be dead serious. That's kind of that last resort I heard about a Baptist church years ago. And they were having some problems, and they just couldn't get them resolved. And there was conflict in the church, and finances were down, and all that stuff. And they were having the deacons meeting, and they talked about it again. They couldn't come to a resolution. And so one of them says, why don't we just pray about it? And another one said, Is it that bad? <laughs> and that's about the way we do. It has to get bad, but God wants us to let him in on the front end, not necessarily the back end. So that's what he did. And he fasted, all right? Verse four So Judah gathered together to seek help from the Lord. They even came from all the cities of Judah to seek the Lord. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem. In the house of the Lord before the new court, and he said, O Lord, the God of our fathers, are you not God in the heavens? And are you not ruler over all the kingdoms of the nations? Power and might are in your hand so that no one can stand against you. See what he did? He prayed and he praised. I put that down. That's good. He prayed and he praised. Verse seven, did you not, O O our God, drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever? They've lived in it and have built you a sanctuary there for your name, saying, should evil come upon us, this is the people of God, come out, the, the sword or judgment or pestilence or famine, we will stand before this house and before you for your name is in this house and cry out to you in our distress and you will hear us and deliver us. Now behold, Jehoshaphat says, now behold, the sons of Ammon and Moab and, and Mount Seir, whom you did not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt. See how they are rewarding us by coming to drive us out from your possession, which you have given to us. They're going to drive us out of the land. They're going to keep us from the blessing that you've given us. I love this verse 12. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we are powerless. Powerless. God, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get, we're going to get some stuff together. Get all... He didn't do that. He said, we're powerless. We, are, we have our backs. He said, before this great multitude, we have no power. We're coming, that are coming against us. Nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Man, that's the key right there. Our eyes upon you. All right, then we get the answer to that in verse 14. Then in the midst of the assembly, the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehazel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Mattan. Let me tell you how to, how to read Bible names. If you're not sure, just go through them fast. <laughs> People say, man, that guy was good, wasn't he? Right. Coca-Cola's in there and stuff like that. All right, the, the Levite of the sons of Asaph. And he said, listen, all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Josaphat. The prophet comes. And the, God used him to speak to, to Jehoshaphat and, and the nation. Thus says the Lord to you, do not fear or be dismayed or confused because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but it's God's. Sounds like what David did with Goliath, doesn't it? All right. Tomorrow you go down against them. Behold, they will come up by the ascent of Ziz and you will find them at the end of the valley in front of the wilderness of Jeruel. I love this. You need not fight in this battle. Station yourselves, stand and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow you go out to face them, for the Lord is with you. Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord worshiping (laughs) him, that's pretty good, isn't it? Maybe that's what we should do as a nation. In this time of turmoil and confusion and conflict and shortage, and who knows what's coming next? Maybe the best thing we can do is go before God and say, God, this battle's not ours. We don't have any might against this. We We can't even figure out where we are and just begin to say, God, only you are able. Wouldn't it be a blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord? Isn't that what it says? If my people will, I will. He didn't say, now, if the politicians will, or if the if the, the business leaders. He said, if my people, which are called by my name. We're a part of the key to that. And I God's young and said? Amen. Amen. That's good. Okay. All right. So, anyhow. Uh, and... Uh, and so they bowed their head and worshiped the Lord. The Levites from the sons of the Kohathites and the sons of the Korathites stood up and praised the Lord God of Israel with a very loud voice. They rose early in the morning, went out to the wilderness of Tekoa. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, listen to me, O Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Put your trust in the Lord your God and you will be established. Put your trust in his prophets and succeed. All right, here it is. All of that to say this. Verse 21. Now, when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who sang to the Lord and those who praised him holy attire. And they went out before the army. Is that, y'all see any humor in that? He sent the choir out first. That would cut down your choir attendance right there, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think he are getting called to the prayer. I mean, he, he sent the choir out in front of the soldiers. Worshiping, that, that's amazing. And he said, Uh, give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness is everlasting. And when they began singing and praising the choir, the Lord set ambushes against the sons of Ammon, Moab and Mount Seir who had come out against Judah. So they were routed. That is, they got a good whooping. Um, He just frail the daylights out of them for the sons of Ammon and Moab rose up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, destroying them, the sons of Ammon did, all right, completely. And when they had finished with the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy each other. The Israeli army didn't have to raise a sword. God did all that. They, they killed each other. They destroyed each other, all right? When Judah came to the lookout of the wilderness, they looked toward the multitude, and behold, there were corpses lying everywhere, on the ground and everywhere, and no one had escaped. When Jehoshaphat and his people came to take their spoil, they found much among them. They had goods and garments and valuable things, which they took for themselves, and they had more than they could carry, and they were three days taking the spoil because there was so much. That's it, right? Don't, wouldn't you like to have life like that? Wouldn't it be that your basic job was to gather up the spoils that God had gotten for you, that you walked in victory? Doesn't God want his people to walk in victory and not defeat? I, you know, I really get discouraged and frustrated and in a Christian way mad, <laughs> mad at Christians these days who are under the circumstances. Oh, I don't know. It's getting, I don't know. I mean, listen, we're more than conquerors. We're on the winning side. It's a fixed fight. It's, we're doing a, a revelation study on Sunday mornings at our church, and it's like reading the newspaper. It's a fixed fight. We win. God is still in control. Do you understand that? And that's, and that's what they did. They just, they had, so what I want to do is I'm to give you about three or four things real quick. Let's see that clock. Somebody has sped that clock up a little bit. All right. I'm going to give you some four things to do when you don't know what to do. Uh, when you have an enemy that's out to just wreck you. Uh, when you lose your job. When you lose a mate. When you get sickness. Whatever it is, here's what you do when you, according to Scripture. Okay, number one is pray. It, that makes sense, doesn't it? Ask God for help. Ask God for deliverance. Ask God for wisdom. Jeremiah 33 says, call unto me. God's almost begging. Call unto me and I will answer thee and show you great and mighty things which you don't even you've not even thought of yet. That's good stuff. In Matthew chapter 7, Sermon on the Mount, verses 7-8, Jesus is preaching. He says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and it'll be opened. I mean that's pretty clear. Now, you can't see it in your English Bible, but if you can see that in the original language, they're in the present perfect tense, which says this, ask and keep asking. Seek and keep seeking. Knock and keep knocking. And you say, why why can't God just answer the first time? Because he's got to get the situation ready, and more than that, he's got to get me ready. And in the process of God's provision, he's working on all ends of that, and you just keep asking, keep seeking, and keep knocking, and it'll be given to you. James chapter four, verse two says this, <clears throat> excuse me, you don't have, why? Because you don't ask. How many times do we come up with a need and we go to a banker or we go to a friend or we go to somebody that has what we need and we just run to them, but we don't say, God, what are you trying to say here? Why am I shorted? Or why, how could this happen? And he said, he said, you don't have, you don't ask, you don't give me a chance to be God in front of you. That's number one. Number two is Praise. Praise. Uh, you remember the Jehoshaphat story? That's what he did. Uh, I, you know, when I read that, I don't read him and he's not in desperation. Like, oh, my soul, what are we going to do? This is not looking good. We don't have a chance. It, uh, if God doesn't come through we're sunk." he just goes, hey, now, God, aren't you the one who created it all? Aren't you the one who gave us this land? Aren't you the one who's provided for us? Aren't you? And he answered all those questions. Yes, I am. Well, God, here's the things that happen out right here. These folks are trying to take it away from us. God, our battle's not against them, uh, against uh, you. Our battle's with them. Would you fight this fight for us? He just began to praise God, all right? Uh, Psalm 100 says, uh, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Can you finish it? And his enter his courts with praise. Now, let me tell you what I do. There's a huge difference between praise and thanksgiving. Did you, are you aware of that? Praise is acknowledging who God is, uh, he is all knowing, he's ever present. He's compassionate, he's loving, on and on the list goes. And that's praise, you praise him for who he is. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, his court, so you, when you get under the court, that's what you do. But you get to the gate, and, I, and when I do that, I can envision myself going through the gate of, of a courtyard. And I open that gate, and I open it with thanksgiving. Father, thank you that you're in charge. Thank you for another day to live. Thank you, Lord, that I'm not sick. Thank you that I, and on and on the list goes. Just give him, at thanksgiving is, for what, he, what he's done, praises for who he is. All right? He says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Praise just, it, when you get in there, it's like liberating on that. All right? so, uh, Psalm 22, three says this, you are holy, O God, O you are, who are enthroned upon the praises of Israel. You see what he's saying? God, you are, you, where there is praise, you're seated there. Where there is praise, you are acknowledged for who you are, and you're able to do what you want to do and need to do. Here's another. I like this next one, all right? Uh, Psalm 33, 1. Sing for joy of the Lord, O you righteous ones. Praise is becoming to the upright. King James Version says, praise is comely. To the upright. Now we don't use that kind of talk much anymore. You know, I, the last I can't remember the last time I told my wife, "Man, you're very becoming in that dress." She would say, "Becoming what?" <laughs> but the word "becoming" and "comely" means it looks good on you. And so what he's saying is this: He said, uh, "Sing for joy, in the Lord, you righteous ones. Praise looks good on you. And when you praise God, it looks good. It's going to change things about you. When you look at the situation from God's and not yours." It is astonishing what God can do. All right, uh, let's do Okay, so we're gonna pray, we're gonna praise, and then we're gonna pause. You to all the P's on that so I can remember, it, all right? Uh, uh, what's another word for pause? Wait, what's another one? How about stop? All right, you'll see why in just a minute. All right, stop. Uh, Psalm 4610, uh, the whole, whole, whole Psalm says, uh, it talks about the earth being shook, about the mountains dissolving into the sea, about this wind and everything all around them has just gone nuts. And it says, but and who's in charge? God's in charge. And then v- verse 10 says, shh, shh, be still and know that I'm God. Just hush up and know that I'm God. Listen, know that I'm, that's a smart thing to do. In the middle of a something that you can't figure out or that you can't handle, just get along with God. Check in with God, and if he's not nervous, you don't have to be nervous either. Amen? If he's, I mean, he's, in, he's, he's got it all under his control. All right? so, uh, Psalm 27, 14 says, wait. <laughs> Who said wait a minute ago? Which one of y'all said wait? Who are you pointing over here? All right? Don't you like that word wait? <laughs> it, when it's all falling apart, just wait. Just hang around there. All right? Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. That's the last thing we want to do is wait. We we want it now. Lord, give me patience now. (laughs) Amen. All right. Psalm 33, uh, 20. Our soul waits for the Lord, for he is our help and our shield. And what you're doing when you're waiting, you're not just sitting there chewing your fingernails and wondering what's going on. You're sitting there just pondering God. Now, wait a minute. I belong to God. He's promised there's nothing can enter my life that's not allowed or caused by him. He's in control. He's gonna supply all my, and we just, all, all that. It couldn't happen to me unless God had it. Where's our, where's our biblical example that Satan can't do any more than God lets him do? Where is it? Anybody know? Job. He, he couldn't move one iota unless God said that's okay. And he, and he knew that because he checked in he was trying to get permission to do that. And then Isaiah 40, 31, everybody, his brother knows this one. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall walk, run and not get weary. They shall uh, walk and not faint. Waiting on the Lord. Now, let me tell you what I know. Uh, in our culture, in our country, uh, if, you're, if you sit still for more than two or three minutes, somebody's liable to pick you up and bury you. They've died right there in that chair. <sighs> I mean, don't you, isn't that true? When's the last time you saw somebody just sitting and relaxing, just, just doing nothing? Philip Yancey, a bunch of years ago, wrote a book called When I Relax, I Feel Guilty. Anybody that way? I've got to be doing something else. Hey, if I was at the house, I could be doing this. Or if I was at work, I could be. Or if I was at church or whatever. But just, just wait on the Lord, all right? So that's number three, right? Just pause. Just stop what you're doing and take time to see where God's in the situation. And here's the fourth one is this. Go. Proceed. Go. Walk in the light that you have. Keep doing the same thing that you know God instructed you to do before that happened. Just be faithful in the things that he's already told you. Here's our scripture verse, Psalm 37 verses 3 through 7. I love this passage is a sermon. That, it preaches itself, as a matter of fact. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Isn't that a good one? Let me tell you what, let me tell you what I used to think it said, okay? If I delight myself in the Lord, he'll give me just everything I want. I will have a Lamborghini. <laughs> what will, do you realize how bad a Lamborghini would look in a funeral procession? <laughs> I mean, that's one of my frustrations with a pastor. When you buy a car, you have to buy it based on what will this look in behind a hearse? <laughs> and a Lamborghini just wouldn't get it done. All yeah. <laughs> right. When's the last time you saw a pastor drive a Lamborghini, you know? We're not cool enough for it, one thing. But he's not saying, you delight yourself in me and I'm gonna, whatever you want, you've got. I believe what it says is, you delight yourself in the Lord. He will give you the desires and then bring those desires to pass. It won't be something you initiated. It'll be what he initiated. And don't you want what God wants? That's what he says, okay? Then he says, commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, And he will do it. You can trust him. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently on him. That's it. Be faithful. Be obedient. Be looking and listening and seeking. But just wait on him. God Don't you think Jehoshaphat and the people of Israel were glad they didn't take up arms and try to defeat those armies by themselves? They would have never done it. But they waited on God, just like they had been instructed to do. I heard this phrase, and it's one of those cheesy Christian phrases, (laughs) you know. Uh, Here's what I saw. We have a place that sells windows and doors over in Abingdon. And it says this, when God closes a door, he opens a window, and we have both. (laughs) <laughs> That's pretty good, isn't it? But you've heard that. Well, God, Well, yeah, I know that. Here's another one. Working, you know, God is working even in the waiting. That's kind of cheesy, but it's true. One of the reasons you're waiting and God hasn't come through yet because he's not finished yet. He's getting things ready so that when it comes, you'll be ready. And when it comes, they'll be ready. And when it comes, it'll bear fruit in abundance. Now, I'm not a singer. Is that right, Pam? Is that right, Emily? Okay. Uh, grown people have known to have been crying when I sing, doesn't matter if anything. But there's a song, I don't hear it anymore, but it's one of those old Southern gospel songs. And it goes like this. Got any rivers you think are uncrossable? Got any mountains you can't tunnel through? God specializes in things thought impossible. And he'll do for you what no other power can do. What do you do when you don't need to do? Pray and praise and pause and think about who God is and then keep being faithful where He's led you until He opens the next opportunity. Let's pray together. Father, you are a great God. You are more than our minds can conceive. Uh, you love us. You care for us. You provide for us. You sustain us. God, the air that I'm breathing right now is a gift from you, the blood through, flowing through our bodies. Is, uh, it's right on track by your design. God, you know already what 3.30 this afternoon holds for all of us. Thank you for that. God, would you help us to come to the place where we do those things, where we pray and pause and, and ponder and proceed and just entrust and you. God, as we leave this room in just a moment, would you teach us what we don't know and would you let us see what we've not seen? Give us a heart that yearns for you, and feet that run swiftly to obey you in Jesus' name. And all God's young and said, Amen. Thank you.